I have never wanted to withhold anything. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock was landed on us. He counted on America to be passive. He counted wrong. Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Does my sexiness offend you? Welcome to True Math, the podcast with everything you need to know. Ladies and gentlemen of UMass and across the globe, I'm being very far-reaching with my assessment of our demographic. <laughs> no, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Everyone across the globe, welcome to the True Mass Podcast. I am your host, Dan Donahue. And this is your girl, Amun. What's up? Guys, uh, we're once again in the dungeon. Um, thank God I'm in a close space with you, Amun, because I was really hoping to get whatever illness you have contracted. <laughs> You're awful. I, I mean, you look as for someone. I look who's... like a tent, guys. I kept telling Dan that I was like, I have Don't my say... big, I have my big hoodie, and it's. Uh, I was walking around campus with like. Don't, you know, the attitude of, like, don't talk to me, don't look at me, I'm here for an education type thing. And, of course, I bump into <laughs> I bump into everybody and their mother and their godmother. And I'm just sitting here, like, why? When I looked good yesterday, not even yesterday, I've been sick all week. So the other day I looked good. Or See, here, here's my I didn't my bump thing. to nobody. Like, right now, you look, like, kind of, like, approachable. I think that when you're looking good, <laughs> it's just, like, way too far. You're just out in left field and people are, like, I need to stay away. Stop. You always make things positive. Thank you for lying because I definitely look crazy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you I look like... like a tent? Okay, yeah, I do. But also, what? you know... Can I tell you something? So apparently at the library, if you're, like, napping, they'll come and check and tap and be like, what's your IDs to make what? sure you're actually a person that attends the school. I guarantee you if I took a nap upstairs, they, they will, like, kick me out of the library because they think... Oh, you just broke into the school to take a nap. That's what I look like. God, yeah. Hey, how about Ain't we nothing let... wrong with that, though, because I be bumming it all the time on purpose. I just would like to be in control of when I bum it. I don't like to yeah. look crazy when I'm... Because I'm sick, you feel me? You know, anyone who wants to take a nap at the library, please just do it. Like, Yeah, what? Just that, nap. That really upset me, actually. A friend of mine actually got tapped, and they were like, can we see your ID? It sounds so intimidating. Like, she got tapped the other day. She was sleeping, and someone was like, I'm sorry, I need to see your ID to make sure you attend UMass. And she was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired from all the studying. I'm Here's doing. my ID now. How about you go away, huh? Yeah, he was a little salty. He was I'd, like, I'd be nice Yeah. Speaking of salty, <laughs> a lot <laughs> of people are... <laughs> Another awesome transition. A lot of people are uh, are salty these days. Or maybe salty is not the most... That wasn't a good transition. It was, that, because people are salty over the Black Lives Matter movement, if that's what you're trying to say. That is what I'm trying to say, Amun. Yeah, I, and I kind of pre... Like you a, you kind of you Jedi mind trick that your transition yeah, yeah that was wonderful again we spend way too much time together We're killing it got so in in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement like from its like inception I'll have to say in like the beginning I was a little bit confused because mm-hmm. just like the slogan if you see the slogan with nothing else attached to it. It is a little bit of like a confusing message. Black Lives Matter. Can yeah. you tell me what's confusing about that? No, I'm see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Amun just stabbed I, me. Actually, <laughs> she stabbed me from across the room. No, I mean it, it's confusing. Not in that like <laughs> they're gonna it, think I actually stabbed you. <laughs> guys, I'm fine. Don't worry. Um, it, it's confusing in that like the message like Black Lives Matter. Obviously, that makes sense. But I feel like a lot of people, me included, were like. It's so it like it's 
crazy to think that we need to say that at this point. Like, it's crazy to think that, like, that slogan is something that holds weight. But when I looked into it and I started reading, like, the articles, and then everything just went crazy. Like, the Black Lives Matter movement really kind of picked up after Trayvon. Mm. Would you say that was, like, the moment where it really kind of ramped up? I'm not really good with the timeline situation, but, yeah, Trayvon Martin was definitely a significant... um, I I think that was the beginning stages of it. I feel like that was when it started. Like its inception is a little bit like would, disputed as to when the title really became. I like, think when people really had something negative to say about it was Mike Brown when they were like, Mike "Oh, Brown he didn't big. have his hands up." Oh, he did. Like I know, and the case of um, Trayvon Martin, it is very similar to um, the case of Trayvon Martin. It's not directly tied with police brutality. So it was, you know, a neighborhood watchman, which I guess the concept of Black Lives Matter transcends onto that. I think 100%. But um, when I started hearing, hearing criticism of the Black Lives Matter movement, it was when um, the Mike Brown situation, when everyone was like, his, actually, no, with Trayvon, too, people yeah. were saying, like, whoo, wow. Yeah, I just remembered. People were saying really crazy things about uh, it was self-defense. I mean, <laughs> that was the main argument. Yeah. But they were saying things like, oh, why was he in the neighborhood? And, like, really problematic things, even though... Why was he walking so suspiciously was another one that was big. Right. Why did he have his hood up and was walking so, like, weird? Because yeah. the, the idea was that um, uh, Zimmerman would not have been following him if he hadn't l- actually looked Look suspicious. suspicious. And by suspicious, we hear that language a lot. Even in the re- the most recent police shooting of a black man. Of I don't know if you are familiar with the case where they looked at him and they were like, oh, he looks like a bad dude. Yeah. And he was like, the police officer was in a helicopter looking down at a person. And like, what constitutes someone as a bad guy? Besides, like, you couldn't tell anything about that person's character. And, and backtracking a little bit, just so we can give a starting point to people who maybe don't know a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement, or maybe right. maybe you're negative towards the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. An important distinction to make is, I guess the biggest argument against the Black Lives Matter movement is it's taking, like, a look at one race when really, and this is the slogan that's been picked by the people who oppose it, when really all lives matter, so why are we just focusing on black lives when really we should be looking at it from a humanist perspective? And the idea of the Black Lives Movement stems from that idea. It stems from the idea that all lives matter. It stems from the idea that we're all humans. But when you look at the world through that lens, you see that black lives are treated in a much different way than white lives. Right, and so, I think people are saying things like, oh, statistically, uh, white people get more, um, like more white people die from police brutality than black people. First of all, shouldn't you be mad about that too? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? But if you look at proportionate um, of population, um, I think it, it's like 2.5 times you're more likely to get shot by a police officer if you're a black man. You're two more, 2.5 times more likely to be shot. So, and um, I think that's what, when you see things like, oh, why, w- why was Zimmerman following Trayvon? Because he looks suspicious, and then you delve into what does suspicious mean? He was a black man in a 
at wearing a, a black kid actually mm. or like with tamir rice is like when he that was if you guys aren't familiar familiar with that case that was when and literally the police officer didn't even get out of the car fully before he shot a 12 year old boy in ohio which by the way is an open carry state so you didn't verify whether that kid that kid who you thought was a man even had the license you know what i mean if he was if he had license to carry or not you were basically like there's a person with a gun, he's black, and it's a man, so I'm going to shoot him, even though he's that, 12 years old. That's one of the biggest ones uh, that I've heard recently, and it's one that I've been kind of unpacking lately with with myself also. So with, with me, when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement, it's kind of just been a slow, like, re like a reprogramming of my brain in certain things that I thought before. Because when... I, like I said, when I was younger and I didn't really, like, I didn't grow up around a lot of black people, I had some fundamental ideas about, like, you should accept everybody, everybody's equal, you should treat everybody like they're the same. But it's hard to hold those ideas when you're not actually, like, around a group of people that's of a different ethnicity than you. I would say exposure is definitely everything. And and one, one of the most interesting things that I've thought um, in my own head is the like over masculine uh, like like the I, I don't know how you would put it but it, it's treating young black children like they're full-grown men that's something that happens constantly and a really interesting thing uh, not a lot of people will get this reference but back um i think it was two years ago there were two really popular rappers under the age of 12 um, Lil Mouse was one who appeared on uh, Lil Wayne's uh, dedication mixtape. And another one was, I believe his name was Lil Poopy, and I don't want to get that name wrong. Both really young men, and both videos were circulated by a lot of my white friends, which at the time didn't make me uncomfortable. Now I'm looking back at it, it sort of plays into this idea where it's like, yeah, these little kids are like, they're children, but this is how people in the hood act. Like, they're already men. Like, they already have guns, and they're driving on motors. Like, it's this cartoonish example of what is going on in, like, the ethos of the culture right now, which is what the Black Lives Matter movement is trying to get out there, that there's these preconceived notions about black culture that are wrong, and wrong not only in a way that is, like, harmful emotionally to the culture mm -hmm. but harmful physically and i think one prime example of that is it, it like the what you're talking about also kind of operates in the opposite way when we have grown adult white men being treated like they're children like they're kids they're yeah. kids right so we have i mean you brock turner that is a prime example but not even him let's talk about someone much 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 older which is ryan lochte when um with the situation over in Rio, um, it was like, oh, he's kids will be kids when he lied to the police about um, where being robbed and how he, it was basically him that was at fault. Um, that was like a national embarrassment, but a lot of people were still going like, oh, kids will be kids. This is a 32-year-old man, 30-something, I don't know. Yeah. But you're talking about, and then you have people like Trayvon Martin saying like, talking about a George Zimmerman, a grown man needed self-defense from 
a, a kid who was in his own neighborhood. And then not to mention the p- part about this case that like bothers me significantly and will forever like ache my heart is the fact that the 911 dispatcher says don't follow him. That's and the then, biggest part to and me too. Absolutely. She fo- and he follows him. And you claim self-defense after you're the one that followed a person and you're harassing him because he has a right to be in that neighborhood. Let's don't get that twisted because I will check you if you ever like. Oh, he looked suspicious. His grandmother lived there. You feel the me? The moon will check Listen. you. Be on guard. <laughs> I because I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, like you can't let really toxic ideologies. Like I, you have every right to believe what you want to believe, but if you say that around me, I will challenge you and ask you yes. about it because I I feel like. The reason we have people going around thinking in really harmful ways and saying, like, oh, he looks suspicious because he was a kid wearing a hoodie, which, like, that hits home. Like, do you know what I mean? And I've straight up, I've worked um, in a lot of different places, like, blue-collar jobs would do. uh, I've worked for recreation departments for three years. I worked in a various amount of, like, bad jobs in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. (laughs) And I've heard, right when that was coming out, that's where I was working. Mm. And I heard all the guys there at my job talk, like, in explicit detail about how he was completely in the right for doing that. Stand your ground. And it was this weird, not just stand your ground, like, he had every right to follow that kid. He was was completely in his, like, rightful to brandish a weapon, like, all that stuff. But, like, again, like, when you think about those things, like, why, why, when you're saying that, because language works in, like, opposites. When you, so when you say he, George Zimmerman had a right to follow Trayvon Martin for being in that neighborhood, you're indirectly saying Trayvon Martin didn't have a right to be in that neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. So that is, like, that. And when when you tell people that, like, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm like, no, that is what you're saying. If Zimmerman had a right to follow Trayvon for simply walking through a neighborhood at night, you're saying that a black man wearing a hoodie has no place in a gated community. Well, and I think it's interesting. Or that's threatening to you. Like, you can pull out all the statistics you want, and you can pull out all, like, there's there's a really interesting quote where it's like, there are lies, damned lies, and statistics, because statistics while they are important and they're really like fundamental of in ways of like making arguments like solid there's also a lot of really bad statistics out there so i mean there there's statistics on both sides and there's youtube videos on both sides showing like important facts mm-hmm. but i think it's important to also look at the fact that this has been in popular culture Forever, like the fact that police treat black men poorly has been in like popular culture forever, especially. I'm gonna keep snapping for this. Like, 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 look (laughs) at the first, like, like, really the first fundamental, like, big movies in the black community. Like, I I would argue that, like, one of the biggest ones, Boys in the Hood, was huge. Mm. That that was one of the biggest ones. I mean, like, Juice was big. There were a lot of like a menace to society. All those, all those movies that came out had huge examples of this happening and they continue to and it's like nwa's first message like it's all there in like the ethos and it's like all of these artists are just screaming at the top of their lungs like look how poorly we're being treated and now it's coming out and there's still people going like "Eh, well no i'll bet you the police treat them fine right you know it's it's a complete like 
fantasy and for also, a white person to be like, oh, I'm sure like the police treat those people just like they treat me. Like, or like you have to comply with a police officer when, um, that's like the example. That's the justification you hear when a black man one. dies. Is like, oh, why wasn't he complying? But then you have cases where people are complying and they still are being killed. It's also, I think that a lot of white people are brought up to think that police are more their friends. Yeah, absolutely. So when when you're brought up in that kind of like an environment, like when you're brought up in a nice suburban environment or if you're brought up in, uh, you know, even in an urban environment in a, in a city where you're in a good part where police are literally are just there to protect you and like none of your friends are getting arrested you you see police as what they're fundamentally supposed to be serve which is protect. To, they serve you they protect you they're there for everybody's safety and when that's the case when you're in a like crazy situation which a lot of people have been in who aren't like career criminals or whatever they're just regular people and they get caught up in a situation when your entire life experience with police has been a positive one, mm -hmm. you're so much more likely to be like, okay, well, I'll put my hands up and, like, whatever happens, happens, but I can trust this guy. Right. When you're brought up in an environment where the police are seen as someone or something not to be trusted, when they're seen as being brutal and you've seen it happen where police are brutal and instigative towards other people around you, you're much more likely to be like, ah, get away from me. Right, but I think... That, that's accurate as well. But also, there are people, there are people who are brought up in good environments that still understand the concept of police brutality. So, like, I don't, I don't necessarily understand why people hide behind that because I was raised in a in a nice neighborhood and I looked at the police as my friends. But I, again, I there I have come across instances where I'm just like. Oh, okay, this was clearly because of race within the community that I'm in, so that is a different perspective. But what about like white allies who are completely pro Black Lives Matter movements? They also have a fundamental like when they grew up, they they looked at police officers as their friend, you know. And but they're able to. It's I I think that it has a lot to do again. I and <laughs> I'm about to go on a tangent as well because I just had a train of thought where people. You know how they say, like, I don't understand Black Lives Matter because it's all lives matter. But then, yet you see them post, not everyone, but post things like Blue Lives Matter. So I'm like, you do understand the concept of speci specifying. Like, I think if, when you say Blue Lives Matter in, in the context of someone saying Black Lives Matter, then you can no longer use the argument, oh, I'm I'm just saying all lives matter because blue lives matter. First of all, blue lives matter is also an occupation. So, like, you do you know that's not something, that's a choice. It's not something that, like, you're born into as your gender or as being black or yeah. your... Um, there's sex. black cops, there's white cops. Exactly, there's, there's, there's exactly. So, it, I maybe I'm throwing... I'm saying I have way, like a lot of things going on in my head, so maybe I'm not being as clear as I'd like. But what I'm trying to say is, like, I I feel like I've gotten to the point where when people say, like, I don't, I question when people say, like, oh, I don't understand Black Lives Matter truly because you understand. I don't know. Well, I have to say, like, I see the confusion in the beginning. Yeah. But at, at now, by now, I feel like enough examples have if you really researched on that topic 
enough examples have been given to you where if you don't get it like like i said it's hard for people when they're not living that life it's hard for people when you're in an environment where black lives matter is not like a factor because there's no black people okay so then what about so then why do we understand this is the example that gets used a lot why don't you ever see someone go to a cancel rally and say like i don't know people with AIDS ma- AIDS, people with AIDS lives matter because too. it is be- because when a person in a community like I just suggested that don't have doesn't have a bit like large black presence when they hear black lives matter and they see this movement they're seeing it only from the lens of being a white person who grew up in suburbia so the whole movement to them is like a challenge I guess I don't really know so why don't you feel that way when a, so like again why don't you if you feel like you have someone who has if, why don't you feel that way about other movements? And it's very specific to the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I, I guess it would be like if my so like grandma has, like, breast cancer and that's the only kind of cancer that mm-hmm. I've, like, grown up around and I see a uh, walk for, like, testicular cancer every single day and I don't see anything, like, put up for breast, can- for breast cancer, then I would be like... Oh, maybe we should like see you, more. But of you, w- but you wouldn't go to the people who are no, and say like, but like you wouldn't be instigative. Your, yeah, you wouldn't exactly, be mad at them. Yeah. exactly. So that's what I don't understand. Where I feel like it's a lot deeper than we're making it out to be of just neighborhood. What neighborhood you grow up in? Because again, what about the allies of people in Black Lives Matter that have grown up in nice neighborhoods with ID, like with perception of police as purely good guys but they're able to to have some compassion are, is that the norm though like is that the there majority i i well i d- i don't know i can't that, that's why i'm saying like, i don't know i don't want to say that but there are a significant number of allies for yeah, black lives matter i completely agree Ex- so i don't want to that whole thing are, are you up on like what happened with macklemore mm. he, he dropped a song uh called uh black lives matter or, uh, no, I'm sorry, White Privilege. He dropped a song called oh, yeah, White Privilege. All about white privilege. And he got, like, a decent amount of good responses. And then there's also... I get, like, first of all, I'm not saying it was, like, a good song. But, it, like, the idea behind it is what I'm talking about. And r- when he dropped that song, there was so much sentiment of, like, oh, you're being, like, a race traitor. Like, oh, you're trying to, like, appeal... To, to like the black to to like black people because you're trying to get like exactly. even if he is like is that the like and he's, he's trying to do something yeah awesome. at least he's out here trying to do so- like I don't like his music I don't think he's the greatest rapper in the world uh but all that aside like you have to respect that he's trying to do something like mm-hmm. it's it's not all about fame and fortune if you, if it was all about fame and fortune he would drop. Five more albums with songs like uh, Thrift Store on it, make a million dollars, and then just deuce out. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this is like a very heavy topic. Um, I agree. It's heavy, and it's one that needs to be discussed in this sort of way. How do you feel about people who, like, respond with, like... Again, with, with, all, the di- with all the responses to Black Lives Matter, I feel like it's... It feels more. I don't know if that's people's intentions, but that's how it can come off as. It's just to distract from the main point. So when you say all lives matter, you and in the context of black, when someone is saying black lives matter, you are doing it to be like, yeah, 
have you seen the example where it's like me and you um nah never mind. okay no, no no go go on with that Say i i lost my train of thought Come anyway <laughs> so my my biggest thing is when i hear that when i hear like white people deflecting the conversation mm. or even black people deflecting the conversation i i know some like I have a few black friends or have had some black friends who were like, I don't really had, matter. like, they're past, they're yeah. past tense now. We no longer... I ra- well, yeah, you know, we were on sports teams together, and I won't go any further than that to be specific, but where they had kind of a sentiment of, like, you know, black people are, like... Like, they were degraded, like, they degraded their own culture, yeah. and they're almost like and a self-loathing type and, thing. And you see that with a lot of people who also make it out of certain situations. Yeah. As like you, you try to like separate yourself from the masses. I'm like I'm not like those black people. I'm a different kind of black person. That yeah, kind of exactly. And or there you get treated that way, so you kind of feed into that but, as well. But uh, my point is that I think that when I hear a lot of that, I don't think it stems one uh, like I don't think it 100 percent stems from hatred. I think a lot of it is just sort of a dislike of looking at history in a real way and accepting what history has been and then looking at the present now or not knowing your history or not knowing the history and that's a big and part taking exactly like what the media or like your environment well, presents to you in a college environment which is what we're both in and people complain about this all the time i have to agree with them there's this sense that like the things that we're learning we feel like oh everyone should know this like maybe they should but not everyone gets taught the same. Some people still think Christopher Columbus discovered America, and they hold that idea true. And mm. I think Native Americans were just a really small, like, insignificant part of Mercy. the United States. Like that—that that sort of thing is so common everywhere, and, and you, you need to take and account it's also for that. Like certain school systems, if you're taught that, that's exactly what you're gonna think. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's plenty of people out there who still make the argument like if it wasn't for white people black people would still be in Africa and so it was like like it was a good idea to bring like there's there's so many horrible ideologies out there that stem from just a lack of education and a lack of confronting history mm-hmm. in a real way I think that that's the biggest issue I think the biggest issue is I, I, for, so this is coming from a person uh, like a person completely white. The, what I what I really think, com- hundred no one eighth Armenian. But anyway, the way that I think about it is in terms of like we hold on to our history as something sacred. Like we think in terms of our discovery of America, the founding of the United States are come up like it was all good stuff but when you start looking at the truth and you start looking at how horrible slavery is how recent the civil rights movement has been how current like modern forms of racism like the 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 prison system is such a modern form of it, not not necessarily Mass slavery, incarceration but as a form, yeah. like Jim Crow. We like, could totally do another segment on that too, actually. We could, but but what I want to say is like it's important to look at that history, understand that white people have played in so many different facets a negative role in history. Looking at yourself now as a white person and saying, what can I do to make this the most positive? You we only have one life each. 
what can I do in my small role as a white person right now to change those ties and make things better? And I think the most important part is having open dialogues like this one right here, yeah. understanding that there has been a history and trying to perform the actions necessary to change that history. Amen. That was really dope. Thanks, dog. What do you got to say about people who say, like, what about black-on-black crime? When we're talking in the in the context of, I mean, it's a different, it's a huge problem, but it's a different problem. Like right. it's a, it's a problem that maybe needs more addressing. I could see that as being an issue, but then again, like I do think it's a huge issue that it's a common motif in a lot of like popular music and stuff. I do think, and this is like an old man theory, mm. but I like I can't say that it's a great thing that a common motif in like rap, hip hop, all that sort of thing is like a sense of violence. But did that's not my what, place. Did you see what um TI said? No. Um this is like not a direct quote. I wish I could pull up the direct quote cuz it was a lot more eloquent than I'm what I'm about to say. But basically he was like um hip hop has always been a reflection of one person's environment. So and that's if you big, want yes. someone to stop rapping about what their environment is like change the environment make the environment better yeah and hip hop is violent because there are a lot of hip hop artists that grew up in extremely violent environments yeah and then when you when you start looking at like quote unquote the hood or whatever in the history of it and how it's created it goes all the way back to white supremacy and like housing laws and like segregate you feel me so right it just again be back at the same topic. So right. even if you want to talk about that, it's like okay, it's, it's the same thing about the system. Also, I think I also have a slight issue in how that's phrased off, and like just in the notion of calling it black on black crime because it makes it sound like black people are pathologically more violent than any other race. When you are like, when you look at any rate crime across all boards y- crime is more likely to happen with people that are in closer proximity to right. you so it's you're like, way every white people are more likely to commit crimes on other white people white people exactly so like 80 percent of crimes committed by on, on white people is by another white person just yes. because of how segregated again back to history yeah how our neighborhoods are formed so to say like black on black crime and then not call it like not, and then just call it other types of crime or the crime that white people do on other white people, calling that crime mm. and calling the other one black on black crime makes yeah. it seem like black people are inherently more violent. That might come from, and this is just playing devil's advocate, that might come from gang violence yeah. is a much larger problem in the black community than in the white community. But that again, that stems back from the creation of low-income housing, which stems back to Jim Crow. Like, exactly. it's all connected in that sort of way. But again, I have to say, like... And there are, if you're truly concerned about, like, gang violence, if you do research, there are organizations, like, in Chicago, yeah. and that are actively out there trying to... Um, promote positivity and like putting if, out education and if that's, if that's your argument i i saw a um a video called like i think it Mil, milo yanopoulos or whatever his name is he's a he's a really big pun he actually spoke at umass and uh in that like the triggering video stuff like he was one of the speakers and one of the things he said was like dispelling black lives matter he said well, black people are much more likely to m- commit crimes against other black people, 
And it's like, if that's your argument against Black Lives Matter, if you're not fucking doing something about that, shut your mouth. Like, you're not in the conversation. If you if you don't have a foot in, like, either ring, if you're like, oh, well, you know, what we really should be addressing is the violence of, okay, what are you doing that, to address that, that? That's your call. And if it's nothing, <laughs> shut your face. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, a lot of the times when people bring up those other like oh what about it's black on black mechanism. it is it's a, a way to distract from the main point and it's a defense mechanism and if someone saying black lives matter makes you uncomfortable again like ask yourself why yeah it, it don't be so uh, like being defensive about like your ra- if if you're having a conversation with someone and it's really heated and it's about a racial topic. I know it's uncomfortable. It's happened to me so often. Mm. Like, that happens to me all the time. And I'll get into a conversation with somebody and maybe I'll say something that gets interpreted wrong. Maybe I'll completely just slip up and say something false, like stuff right. like that. I'll get roasted and it, it hurts your feelings, especially like being. But you learn from it. I, I learn. Like- and you become a bigger person because of it. And you're not just in this echo chamber. Right. I, there are so many people who are just in an echo chamber. And I think that accounts on both sides. No, and I think we're humans and everyone makes mistakes. Like I've said, like, you know, the word, the slip of the mouth where I've definitely called, <laughs> I've gotten the NAACP and the NCAA mixed up in a conversation. And I was like, I just want to die right What's now. What's the difference? The NCAA is... I know the difference. Oh, I was, I was like, dang. I was joking. Duke, Duke, the Duke basketball team is the difference, actually. That's, that's the difference. Ah. <laughs> no, but it was just like, it was acronyms. Both have a lot of N, C's, and A. So I was like talking, and I said that. And then I caught myself, thanks. No, I didn't. A friend of mine was just like, girl, did you just say You can't this? do that, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God. So it's, but it was, a, it was like embarrassing because it was, amongst people that are very knowledgeable but that doesn't discredit my knowledge of certain things as well and I learned from it and it was a slip of the mouth I learned from it and we moved on I'm sure the people who don't know me very well were like oh she's she's not quote unquote woke because she got that mixed up Yeah. but for me I know my truth I keep up with current events and people have slip of the mouth all the time so moon regardless of what you look like right now you are very woke (laughs) you look maybe half asleep right now but you are completely the brain is woke my face may look i look like the sleeping emoji a little tired i'm a tent i'm the sleeping emoji (laughs) you're a lot of things i'm erica intersectionality you're all three of those things no but um and that that also draws into something that i've noticed a lot where it's like Especially liberal people, which is interesting, are so afraid of saying the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. I think that they get caught up in just being afraid to talk like this, afraid to talk about race, afraid to talk about like their upbringing. Yeah. And it's funny because one of my professors actually said that it said that where I was in class and we were talking about race. I'm in a lot of political science classes this semester in the nature of the conversation always leads to race because you're dealing with the law and like and um he was he said to me after i was speaking with him and he's like i find it so interesting how when we talk about race unintentionally everyone in the classroom looks at the person of color in the room and it's just like i ain't gonna say nothing now you see at, at comedy shows constantly where if there's especially if it's a white person doing racial humor everyone's head turns to the, like, two or three black people in the room. To be like, is it good to laugh? If they're laughing, 
the room it kills. If they're not laughing, that comic might as well be like doing a public service announcement, and that's like what, no it's so laugh quiet. at all. Yeah, yeah. And the professor pointed that out to me. How like, and I think black people are just so comfortable talking about race just because it's something that You're we don't. You're reminded of it all the time, exactly. of course. But when um, and even in an academic setting. White white people for some reason well we know why they feel more has they're very they're less likely to engage in that sort of dialogue because they're scared they'll say the wrong thing mm. or not but like if you do your, if you're reasonable and you do your research and even if like just I feel like nothing bad can come from a dialogue it, yeah like it's it's always a learning opportunity even when I have dialogue with crazy people who say like things like Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Yeah. It's a learning moment for me. It is, and it's a learning There's moment There's crazy for people you just shouldn't talk to. No, no. But the more you know. And also, it's a learning moment for them, too, where I, where people have said, oh, I've never looked at it in that way, or they're just, or we just decide to, like, let's agree to disagree. Yeah. And we just part ways. I think the internet is such a strange tool for, like, making ideas and stuff, because, like, you hear people talking about issues within the black community with such like articulate points mm. and they have everything laid out and that's their argument against supporting black lives matter is that there's all these issues inside of the black community there's misogyny and there's like uh, uh horrible rates of like disparity in terms of like men and women's health and stuff like that and it's like Okay. But you only see that when we talk about race, though. And you only see that when it's a, when it's a deflecting point. You never hear that brought up w- from the people who make that point against Black Lives Matter. The, the the way that you're going to solve those problems in the black community, if you care so much about them, is by first addressing the issue that there's a disparity between the races. Mm-hmm. And then you can... And del- understanding the cause of those those races. Absolutely. Those- when you look at the root of the problem, it's a it's like a systematic thing where pe where like people I realized I didn't know this was like a common held belief, but I've c- came across people over and over again that have even black people who have said that like it is a a cultural um, thing like the of poverty and um, all those systematic problems that I think for an, from like an academic setting that you get like oh this is poverty is a systematic issue race is like a social construct all those things I think I'm so used to hearing hearing about them in in school that I thought a lot of people thought like that but some some people blatantly have said like black people are poor because they're lazy yeah I was like wait better what like yeah okay and it shakes you because like those ideas are held pretty commonly Outside but of academic settings, outside of academic rampant. settings, and outside of like Even black people's settings. hearing range. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part. Yeah, those ideas are held in rooms that black people aren't in. Aren't in yeah. So when you actually hear them, it, it's like jarring. And I, I mean, I look the part, so people will like. So I, I've been in so many situations, especially like work is one of the biggest places that happens to me. But it's like everywhere, where it's like. It's almost like a a nudge nudge moment where it's like, hey, there's no black people. Or, hey, what do you think about like? J-? And they'll just say the most r- crazy racist shit. Like, hey, what do you think about this Obama guy? And it's like, I don't want to like. Can we just break these leaves and not talk <laughs> about this shit? Like that happens to me all the time. Yeah. I've heard so many insane things yeah. about like 
oh, that Obama guy, he's just a, he's just a big monkey. Like, people have said that to me. Yeah. Other white people, because they're like, oh, he's white, he must be, like, in on this. Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't happen enough in academia, so people are like, oh, uh, that, that You must know not, not to exist. say those type of things out loud. Except yeah. that some people, even in in these type of settings, you hear people who say that because they're just like, it's so ingrained in their ideology that they, they feel like they have to convince other people to think like them to they speak. I was in a poli-sci class, which I dropped, not because of this, but, um, but my friend who was in the class was telling me how, like, Someone was arguing with the professor about, like, terrorism was invented by Islam. Um, what do you mean? Just, like, ter- the idea of terrorism... Is, like, is, ingrained in Is, like, ca- no, came from Islam. And I'm just like, do you know what the definition of terrorism is? Yeah. To just, no, just, like, any, uh, the overall general statement of what terrorism is. Our friend Islam would never... Never! <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we have a friend named Islam, <laughs> and he's saying what? <laughs> no, but like he was saying, the like that's where it came from. Like people got the idea of terrorism. From yeah, and Islam. you know, if you listen to certain radio shows and read certain articles, you could come up with all sorts of crazy shit like that. I mean, if you you need to read like a big range of things to construct ideologies that are actually valid nowadays. Because there's so many of them, and there's so many available, and you can get caught up in these little traps where you don't even realize that you're going down this rabbit hole of being closed-minded or being not, or being like too open-minded where you're letting all these ideas in at once, and you're not really being a, like, a real... Agent you just have a limited own. scope. You're, you're not being an agent of your own ideological growth. Exactly. This yeah. podcast woke as shit. <laughs> Spiritually and mentally. Spiritually, mentally. Physically, I'm knocked out, you. I'm so sleep deprived. Guys, if you're uh, if you're also sleep deprived out there, treat this as like a little lullaby, just like uh, to go to to go to bed with. And on that note. And on that note, um, ladies and gentlemen, oh, it's UMass, homecoming. We should probably say something like, "Have fun, turn up." Have fun. Um, <laughs> hey, the tailgate. It's not fun. Let's all let's all accept that. It's not fun. Everybody's pretending it's fun. It's just people in cars drinking, and it's it's a bad move. I think you just offended eighty percent of the UMass population. Uh, how you managed to do that, I don't. I don't like the tailgate, and I think everyone agrees with me secretly. But you're all going out I, of I'll fear. I'll openly agree with you. I'm not yeah. even participating. You're all but going. But let's not be Debbie Downers. We're no, like- I will be a Debbie Downer. No, have a party somewhere else. The tailgate's stupid. It's supposed to rain, too. Good. I hope it rains on everybody who's dumb enough <laughs> to go there. I hope you all get hypothermia. I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean that. Yeah, take that one back. Don't don't get hypothermia, guys. Bundle yeah, up. Yeah, because people really, really show up and, like, not just women, but, like, and guys, too. They just show up in the most inappropriate clothing. I'm like, it's negative three degrees. And yeah. And I was going Yeah. But I guess, well, if you're drunk enough, you don't feel yeah, so we're you know what? Do you? If you feel like you need to be go out, out there, there in scantily, scantily wet, clad wet. with like wet, where it's cold, and it's healthy, guys, and that's our form of natural selection. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for listening to the True Math Podcast. We out. <laughs>